Hello and welcome to Business Lines Pulse podcast that tunes into all things health and pharmaceuticals. I'm Jyoti Datta. Today we delve into alternative medicine, homeopathy to be precise. And as many of you must be aware, people either swear by homeopathy and its benefits that come, as they say, without side effects, or they dismiss it as no more than sugar pills. Now, to give us a perspective on this stream of traditional medicine, we have Dr. Mukesh Batra, who's 200 plus homeopathy clinics dot the country, and you know they have a presence in other countries as well. Now, having given a more contemporary and some even argue a more corporate face to the traditional science, Dr. Batra now seeks to bring still closer to people homeopathy in his soon to be released book that outlines as the title goes, Simple Remedies for All. So thank you, Dr. Batra, for joining us. Thank you, Jyoti. Thank you for having me and thank you for this opportunity. Wonderful to chat with you. Likewise, yes. So, uh, Dr. Your book, um, you know, you describe your book in a sense as a bedside guide on what to do till the doctor comes. So tell us a little more on this guide and why you felt the need to further democratize its use in a sense. Yeah, so, you know, always I want homeopathy to reach the masses. I want homeopathy to be available to lots of people. And I thought the best way to do it is to write a book with 50 years of my experience, you know, and put it down and uh, so that people can benefit. So I actually believe that, uh, uh, you know, A, that today there are lots of problems which can be actually dealt with at the home level, you know, and people are not aware of it. So actually by, 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 by publishing such a book and by, by bringing out such a book and making it available to people, uh, the one thought that I had in my mind is that if people were to use it at home, they could actually, you know, avert emergencies, they could avert rushing to hospitals, and therefore they may not really be straining the already strained medical system in the country. You know, that was really my first point of writing. Second thing, you know, you've seen that during COVID time, uh, lots of home remedies have worked very, very well. People have experiences with it. And uh, therefore, you know, putting this across to people, which are very cost effective, simple, easily available could actually help families as well. And the third thing, of course, is that, you know, I have almost 50 years of experience, uh, you know, clinical experience and practice. And I thought that why don't I just put this along across in the form of a book so that other people can benefit. So I think this really is the thought behind my writing this book. And uh, as you know, it's already the number one bestseller on Amazon in holistic medicine. And we are launching it next week. And I'm hoping that more and more people benefit from it. Absolutely. 50 years is a lot of, you know, knowledge that, you know, readers will be able to dip into. And from, uh, you know, I've also sort of been reading excerpts and looking into, you know, what you look to outline. And, you know, there's an array of medical conditions from a common cold to cancer and so on. What I also, what, what I also wanted to, 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 you know, kind of, you know, push through this book is because what you already mentioned in the beginning, that people think that homeopathy works for some problems and doesn't work for other problems. So what I really wanted to show when I said, you know, simple remedies for all ages, you know, the book is written in such a way that it starts from, you know, pregnancy right up to old age, you know, so different phases of one's life and how homeopathy can help in all phases. So, you know, people think that homeopathy is only good for pediatrics, only good for children, only good for certain, you know, problems. So through this, I wanted to actually go through a gamut of more than 100 disorders, uh, which can be treated through homeopathy and to actually prove that homeopathy can be helpful for a wide range of problems and not just a limited age. That's really interesting. I mean, I know you from Galileo's experience to Shakespeare, you've really uh, sort of engaged the reader in 
you know, sort of made it really relevant. Uh, Doc, I have one question. So, uh, you know, what we understand of homeopathy, it's known to be a personalized medicine in the sense, you know, sort of tailored to each person's uniqueness. So how is that, uh, you know, you're able to map broad outlines and advise people on, uh, you know, on what medicine to take? Yeah, so very good question, Jyoti. So you're absolutely correct that homeopathy is personalized, but let me just divide this into two parts and two thoughts. So one is, you know, in homeopathy, you have what is called constitutional medicine. And I mentioned that in the beginning of the book, where, you know, you kind of identify personalities and you kind of treat it holistically because it's part of holistic medicine. So, for example, if you have a lady who suffers from migraine, there may be 150 medicines for migraine. But because she's fussy, she's particular, she's, you know, very worried about small, small, little, little things, uh, you know, kind of has even OCDs, minor OCDs, very particular about cleanliness in the house, cannot sleep till the whole house is, you know, put into order in terms of cleanliness and, you know, uh, order. Uh, she gets migraines. Now, this is a typical personality. So when you go into constitutional deep acting medicines, that is when you look at personalities. And that's when you look at personalization. Having said that, the other thing is like, how do you use homeopathy for OTC? You know, which a lot of people don't know. But instead of taking up a painkiller or instead of taking an, an you know, analgesic, as we call it, an anti-inflammatory drug, there are some very simple homeopathic medicines like arnica and rust stocks, which you can take. And they work better and they have no side effects. So that is what the attempt of the book has been. So these kind of what I call rambans, if I may use that word, you know, where you get, you know, you kind of, you, uh, with all my experience of 50 years, the kind of specific medicines which will help people in most of the cases, not in all cases, which they can use for their benefit. And that is what the book talks about. So there are specific medicines with experience, you know, which will narrow down just to that particular condition and help you to relieve it. But if you want to get cured and you want it to, you know, to get all right from the root, then you have to consult a homeopathic doctor and you have to take a constitutional treatment. I hope that answers your question. That does, yeah. In a sense, that does. Yes, I did notice that you have mentioned constitutional uh, medicines, yes. So, Doc, during the pandemic, we did, uh, you know, on one side, there was this increased acceptance of homeopathy. There were also, though, many people who felt that, um, you know, it may not have been the right approach to take. And yet we did see during the peak of COVID, the center had advised arsenic album and some states started giving camphor one and as a sort of preventive, actually, for want of a better word. What has been your experience uh, during the pandemic? So, you know, we have used uh, arsenic album as was recommended by the ministry. And there's a lot of research that has been done thereafter also. And a lot of experiential you know, benefits uh, from arsenic alb. The Gujarat government also conducted a trial over there and they found it very useful. And people who actually took arsenic alb didn't get it. Uh, from our company side, we actually, you know, kind of uh, distributed almost two crore doses out of which more than one crore were free of charge. And we kind of treated the entire Maharashtra police force and their families uh, with arsenic alb as a preventive. So I'm saying, you know, and we gave it to a lot of NGOs free of charge as well. So my experience with, uh, with uh, preventive uh, treatment in COVID and with arsenic alb has been extremely good. And I would say that I know a lot of families who regularly take it. You know, the thing is that you had to take three doses for three consecutive days once a month. And some people did not take it regularly. So the ones who did not take it regularly had a break, they probably got COVID. But again, it was milder, you know. So I believe that it did very well as far as preventive is concerned. The second part is I also believe, and we have a lot of experience with this, is also that in terms of long COVID, which people call long COVID, homeopathy is extremely good. So, for example, you know, the case of depression and anxiety increased by almost 20-25% during COVID because people were worried what would happen. They saw people dying around them. There was so much of anxiety. 
you know, and there was sadness around. Everybody had a sense of loss. It was some friend or some family member who had died or passed away because of COVID, you know, which was sudden and unexpected. And even the farewells could not be, you know, I mean, you could not even cry because you could not go to the dead body. You could not pay your last rites and respects. So I think there was a sense of loss, which was very, very marked. And I think homeopathic medicines like Ignatia, for example, and which I mentioned in my book as well, uh, have these kind of solutions for uh, people like this who, are, who have bereavement and they cannot get over it. So uh, I think for emotional problems, uh, homeopathy health, you know, in terms of long COVID was very, very useful. Uh, similarly, you had prolonged coughs in people, respiratory problems. Uh, you had insomnia in a lot of people who couldn't sleep well because of the disturbances of, of the timelines that they had when they were working from home. I think all these uh, kind of problems, uh, they, a lot of them were fatigued, they got tired easily. They were very easily treated through homeopathy. So I would say that as far as preventive and as far as you know the side effects of COVID or the lingering effects of COVID were concerned, I think homeopathy really turned out to be a winner. What about camphor? One M, uh, Dr. Nadus, I'm asking for people who follow it a little bit more closely, but uh, what is the distinction you would make between arsenic and which some, uh, you know, the center advised and uh, camphor which some states uh, gave out? So I would not want to get into that because, you know, the, the, the clinical proving that was done was really done for arsenic. It wasn't done for camphor. They also used other medicines like gelsemium. But, you know, I think those were real, uh, you know, kind of local trials that were done on people right. and not really scientific ones. So I would still go with uh, whatever arsenic alb at that time. Right. And again, what I want to mention is that, you know, Dr. Samuel Hanneman, German doctor who founded homeopathy, was an MD doctor. Uh, he said there's something called genus epidemicus. So what he said is that with every epidemic, and you know that when Spanish flu came about 100 years ago, you know, the death rate, it was pre-antibiotic era, was almost 30%. But with homeopathy, it was not even 3%. So that was the difference between, you know, 1% to 3%. That is the difference between homeopathy even at that time. So what he said was that whenever you get an epidemic, if you study the first early symptoms and you find them repeating again and again in a few people, you can then match it to, the, to, to a particular remedy and that becomes then the kind of the preventive dose for everybody. So why I'm telling you this is because with every epidemic, if it changes, it cannot be the same drug. So for example, if the symptoms of epidemic were cold, cough earlier, but supposing now if they are lack of sleep, then the medicine will change from arsenic alb to something else. Right. So 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 it's it's for a period of time and for a particular episode that homeopathy works uh, specifically. But if the symptoms change over a period of time, then and, and the same symptoms get manifested over a large number of people, then the medicine changes as well. Okay. That's an important insight, really. Yeah. So, Doctor, in 2015, when I'd met you, you had told me that, you know, if Europe and Dubai can provide insurance coverage to a traditional stream like homeopathy, why can't yes. India? So, has much changed since? So, India does, but unfortunately, it's very limited. And, uh, I mean, just to clarify that, uh, you know, in Dubai, we have almost eight insurance providers who kind of reimburse our patients. But again, it depends on the insurance and it's a limited amount. And therefore, if they want to up it, then they have to pay a higher premium. And sometimes they have to pay a little more premium to get homeopathy covered as well. So it, it happens, but it happens with conditions. So it's not so easy, you know. And in India, again, same way, they do reimburse, particularly private uh, insurance uh, coverage is there. But unfortunately, by and large, they reimburse for hospitalization. Now, you know, you get hospitalization in homeopathy is very rare. I mean, there are hardly any homeopathic hospitals, not no private ones anyway, very few. So 
you cannot then claim it they don't they don't reimburse opd they don't uh, re reimburse uh, day care they only reimburse inpatient care now that which is why uh, normal people can't benefit it from from opd and we've been trying to actually uh, push the insurance companies because they can actually save a lot of money in 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 you know on high medical expenses if they actually were to use homeopathy in the earlier stages and reimburse people absolutely so uh, doctor and conversations that i have with you know other homeopaths in the country so there was this doctor who told me that the experience with insurance is you know to use her word humiliating for the practitioner as they are treated as fakes you know despite being trained with government institutions having a reputed practice so how do you think this mistrust can be bridged and insurance companies learn to distinguish trained reputed practitioners from the rest just jumping onto a wellness bandwagon so i don't really agree with it because i'm saying all homeopaths are qualified in the country they all go through a five and a half year course and then they have a three year course in md as well and then dr bathwas academy has a one year course in dermatology like a fellowship with mumbai university so it's almost a 10 year study course that happens and they're all qualified and today non qualified practitioners not allowed to practice so i think putting homeopathy in the wellness bracket is not uh, not really correct and i think recognizing it as and i think the same thing is happening also abroad like for example all our homeopathic doctors who are practicing in dubai abu dhabi london i mean they are recognized by uh, by insurance companies and uh, you know once they stamp it it gets and the registration number is there it gets approved very very easily uh, by the insurance companies so i don't think that there's really a, a discredit uh, even in india because it is an accepted system of medicine and uh, i don't know whether you know insurance is putting under wellness because ultimately you are treating people uh, for specific ailments and you're getting very good results right so what you're saying is this whole ipd opd uh, distinction is the one that needs to be addressed by insurance companies absolutely that's that's the main issue Okay. Also, you know, taking this forward, you've also talked about you know uh, treating homeopathy with you know uh, evidence base as an evidence based science. Yes. Now, there's also this uh, concern sometimes where you know a fallacy even of judging homeopathy with the same yardstick as modern medicine. So yeah. you know, uh, on on one side, it's understandable to get evidence and you know uh, outcomes mapped and have good manufacturing practices. but when it comes to say clinical trials i mean one of the factors in homeopathy that works in its favor is that it's not tested on animals for instance so yeah. its outcomes are from the use in human beings which i was reading in your book yesterday so what are your thoughts on this on how you uh, you know how you sort of bring in more standardization in the process so very very good uh, you know very good question jyoti and i just want to say here that you know when i was 60 years old i was one of the oldest students at harvard business school and i did a course in medical excellence and one of the things that came out was that you know there's no standardization not just in homeopathy but even in medical treatments because you could do your cardiogram and you could be all right and then suddenly you have a heart attack and you pass away you know so there's no really uh, very good medical protocols for the last 10 years i've been building for a company also for homeopathy mainly for homeopathy which are now accepted internationally as well because they have been revalidated by md doctors and and super consultants as well who are advisors in our company so i agree that yes there is a big need for it and i think we have made these first baby steps in the last 10 years uh, towards that where we have actually put in these scientific protocols for treatment in all our clinics and and trained all our doctors to follow them having said that i also believe yes on one side i believe that clinical trials can be conducted and they have been conducted and many of them have been double blind trials because successfully proven for example that homeopathy is better than nsaids for example 
in the treatment of arthritis and it has no side effects like hyperacidity and it has equal or better results in terms of controlling arthritis and treating arthritis uh, in patients. And this was a research that was done in, in, in Edinburgh many, many years ago. So for the last many years, enough clinical evidence for various disorders, whether it's insomnia, anxiety, arthritis, even diabetes has been done and it has been clinically proven. Coming to animals, uh, well, animals, you know, they can't speak and we don't use animals uh, for pathological proving, which is what is done by the drug companies. But having said that, you know, 50% of, of veterinary doctors in UK practice homeopathy. I'm saying I have trained, I don't know how many number of veterinary doctors to use homeopathic medicines. I'm saying we've been giving free homeopathic medicines to, uh, to pet parents, if I may call them that, uh, to, all their, uh, to all their pets, because why should they be subjected to unnecessary pain and suffering and injections and surgeries where it's not required? So homeopathy is actually very, very good for veterinary care as well. And it's being followed all over the world. It's not so popular in India, but we are trying to make it popular. And we are, we are, and I know that lots of uh, pet parents uh, prefer homeopathy, just like how they do for their children. They also prefer homeopathy for, for the animals and their pets. I know you have mentioned this uh, pet care uh, centers that you were planning, you know, some time ago. So that will really be music to many people's ears, I suppose, who have uh, pets and who want more benign medicine. Well, unfortunately, Jyoti, we actually experimented with, we ran a, a pet care hospital in South Delhi for almost three and a half years. And we ran two, three clinics in different, different cities as well. But unfortunately, uh, we didn't have the bandwidth to deal with them and we had to shut them. But like I said, having said that, any pet parent who comes to our clinic, we're happy to treat them free of charge because we want them to get the benefit of homeopathy. That's very interesting. I think that's useful information as well. Yes. So, um, Doctor, recently we've seen, uh, you know, the World Health Organization, uh, the WHO has set up a global traditional center here in Gujarat. And many are seeing that as some sort of a, you know, really good endorsement of traditional medicine. How do you think this is going to change the way uh, or maybe increase the way uh, traditional medicine gets accepted either just in the country or even in other countries that have traditional medicines as part of their uh, you know, treatments. So I think it's a very, very good step. And, you know, and, and what I'd like to say that number one is that it'll give, it'll give credibility to homeopathy and to traditional medicine, you know, because when the World Health Organization kind of endorses it and the fact that it's based in India, uh, in Jamnagar, uh, is kind of, uh, you know, credibility to Indian doctors as well. Traditional medicine doctors, Ayurveda, Yoga, Homeopathy, Yunani. I mean, all of them uh, will benefit through this. Again, this is going to be a research institute where lots of research will be conducted. So I think in the next uh, maybe three years to five years, the benefit of this will then be available to the rest of the world. And I think uh, the acceptance of traditional medicine all over the world and emerging from India uh, and from a hub in India is what is going to become very, very important. And I think then India will then become, it already is, but will then be kind of ratified as a leader in traditional medicine uh, and homeopathy for the rest of the world. And people, I think it will also encourage uh, then, you know, medical tourism into the country. Uh, people will start coming to India uh, for treatments, you know, traditional medicine treatment. They already are. You know, the government has also issued some visas for, for health, uh, you know, uh, health, uh, you know, care travelers as well to, to get them to come to India easily, uh, even during COVID time. So I think the government is really doing a lot for alternative medicine and, and traditional medicine uh, in the country. In the last six years, they started Ayush as a separate ministry. And I think that has helped a great deal 
because uh, now uh, there are you know better decisions and implementations that are taken and a separate funding for alternative medicine in the country so just coming back to insurance so how do countries in europe for instance or germany the the home or uh, homeopathy in a sense how do they look at uh, insurance coverage for uh, homeopathy for example so that's a difficult uh, question and difficult because in europe for example homeopathy is a super speciality so that you can't be a homeopathic doctor for example you have to be an allopathic doctor and you have to, and then you can practice homeopathy whatever you like so homeopathy is a super speciality so for example in in europe uh, you have dentists who are homeopaths you have cardiologists who are homeopaths uh, you know uh, so it's actually more expensive as well so because you're a medical doctor you can then practice what you want and then the insurance reimburses you that's how it works there so right. for example if we have a clinic in greece and uh, you know if we have to prescribe medicine there then i need to have a md doctor who will prescribe the medicine homeopathic medicine under advice from my homeopathic doctor but the but the prescription has to go from the md doctor it cannot go from the homeopath okay that is okay that is quite uh, a complicated way of looking at it yes yeah but so it makes the treatment more expensive it makes it more layered uh, but that's how it works and then of course the patients don't mind because uh, they also get an allopathic opinion if they need and then they also get uh, reimbursed by you know by the insurance company so it doesn't go out of their pocket right how does this uh, for the nhs for example uh, also had uh, looked at the sort of uh, you know uh, support from homeopathy is, is that happening it's still happening unfortunately last few years they've kind of cut costs and uh, but it is still happening it's uh, it's still very popular you know the the royal family supports it uh, you know the, the queen mary used to take homeopathy with till she was 100 years old and sorry not queen mary but the yes. yeah the queen mother right and uh, and and you know the whole royal family during prince charles and everybody else uh, believes a lot in in alternative medicine and holistic medicine as they call it uh, so it has there are there are kind of pharmacies in in uk which have the queen's insignia and the patronage as well so it is supported by the by the by, by the royal family it is supported by the government as well and it's also covered under nhs right so you know the fact that there's it's a super specialty as you've said so that brings me to the the discussion that happens in india and there's a lot of noise around this you know traditional versus modern medicine but do you think integrated medicine is the way forward and how can this be done without diluting either either side or the strengths of either stream very good question i believe that's the future of medicine because ultimately i think every consumer should have a choice and you know uh, they need to have this choice because they need to get the best of every system of medicine no system of medicine is complete by itself i'm saying they all have limitations and disease is is progressing so fast you know when i studied medicine i mean there was no chikungunya there was no aids you know i'm talking now about 50 years ago almost there was not even tropical medicine there were specialist doctors who knew about malaria in in uk who used to talk who knew you know how to deal with malaria or jaundice because and they were called experts in tropical medicine So I'm saying disease has evolved so fast. I'm saying you never thought COVID would have happened, and that it would last so long. So the fact is that there are new uh, problems, new viruses emerging, new uh, bacteria emerging, new disease disorders emerging, far greater psychosomatic problems because of stress, uh, communication, and and frequent travel has made the world much smaller. So therefore, they spread much faster. You know. So any system of medicine is is not really complete, and that's what I always say that you know whether it is. 
allopathy or homeopathy or tirupati i'm saying whatever works uh, works well for you and you should be able to accept it so i actually believe in integrated medicine i believe that uh, the patient and the consumer must get the best choice we've experimented with this very uh, efficiently uh, today we have a clinic in bahrain for the last i don't know how many years which is part of the of a larger hospital which is the kims hospital we have half a floor over there for homeopathy which is dr batra's homeopathy over there and we've been doing very well over there for the last so many years uh, similarly we are tied up with an ortho orthodontic clinic you know a pediatric orthodontic clinic in dubai where we found this such kids they were mouth breathers and so they were getting low, low immunity and they were getting tonsillitis so while they went for orthodontic treatment we treated them with homeopathy you know to build their immunity for some time we also had tied up with a bariatric clinic uh, which fortunately right now is not on uh, a leading bariatric surgeon had tied up with us and we were and they found that patients are getting depressed post surgery and so we treated them for the emotional problems so i think we've currently also we are with a company in greece in athens which is one of the largest anti uh, you know fertility clinics uh, uh, in the world and uh, they have done all they do all kinds of latest research and they have all the techniques for 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 people to conceive uh, but we also use homeopathy over there so for patients who don't get good results we we offer them homeopathy as an alternative and then they are able to conceive So I'm saying these are just examples I'm giving you. I think ultimately, I think every hospital should have a homeopathic division. I mean, an OPD and an IAPD, and people should have a choice to 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 choose whatever works for them, and whichever diseases can be treated by whichever pathy, in a in a faster, better, more economical way, with less stress and less side effects, is I think what uh, people should have the choice to decide. Couldn't agree with you more than that, doctor. Yeah, less stress and less side effects. I think. completely the operative ones there yeah so uh, with that doctor uh, you know we come to the end of this interaction so from the business line team and myself thank you so much dr batra for that perspective thank you jyoti thank you for the time and for this opportunity uh, thank you and god bless thank you so much yeah and good luck with the book <laughs>